don't know the direction that he headed in. He's a very bright child, but very shy and rather introverted. He's of a slim build, and we just appreciate anything, anything that anyone could uh, give us any information on him. He's our only child. If they somehow knew how many people loved him, they just would have. They would just have to let him go. The whole situation was surreal. Uh, as I recall, uh, it was a Monday afternoon, and you know, a call came over the two-way radio in the news car to go to the Hollywood Mall immediately because a, a little boy had disappeared. It's just a, you know, I, I keep telling you this, but it's like a nightmare that just won't stop. The search is centered around the Hollywood Mall. Volunteers have combed area waterways and golf courses in an air and ground search. Adam's mother says she left her six-year-old son here with other children amid the electronic games while she walked down the aisle to look at lamps. Inconceivable. Unimaginable. Leave your child for a minute, look up, and they've vanished. On a typical day in July of 1987, that's what would happen to Ravey Walsh. It's every mother's nightmare, I think. It's the one thing that anyone. It was during a trip to buy lampshades on sale at a store in a neighborhood mall less than two miles from her home that everything would change. A six-year-old with his mother spots an Atari display set up in a store's toy department. He begs his mom to let him play a video game with some other boys just a few feet from the lamp department. It's just down the aisle, only steps away. Reve is gone only a few minutes. Five, maybe ten at the most. But when she returns, her son and the other boys are gone. Steve Bosquet reports from the scene for what was then Eyewitness News 10. Hollywood police detectives today returned to the Sears store where Adam Walsh disappeared Monday afternoon. Adam's mother says she left her six-year-old son here with other children amid the electronic games while she walked down the aisle to look at lamps. Back in, in 1980, it was a, a different time. Um, my, my mother went to the Sears department store with Adam uh, to, to buy a, a lamp, a lampshade, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and video games were, were brand new at the time. That's Callahan Walsh, Adam's younger brother. He was born six years after Adam disappeared. As you can imagine, he's heard the story of what happened that day countless times. But it was one of those big, big arcade cabinets, and Adam stopped and was watching, and he asked my mother if he could stay and watch the, the four teenage boys who were currently playing the game. There was two, two white boys, teenage white boys, and two African-American boys playing. And she said, yes, just wait right here. Don't go anywhere. I'll be one aisle over, uh, and I'll be right back. And when she returned, Adam was nowhere to be found. It wasn't until years later that we learned that it was an untrained security guard, female security guard, who had had an abortion the day before and was forced to come to work, um, that had sent Adam out of the store. That the two white boys and the two African American boys had gotten into an argument over the video game, and she came over to break up the fight and assumed Adam was with the white boys and sent all of them out one door and the two black boys out another door into the parking lot. Today, Mrs. Walsh, accompanied by a security guard, returned to the store with a picture of her son, asking other children if they'd seen Adam. You didn't see him go out any of the doors or no, no, see, talk to anybody any or, anything? or anything? 
that was the last time you saw him. Adam Walsh disappeared about 12.30 Monday afternoon. He was wearing a white sailor's cap, a red and white striped shirt, green shorts, and yellow sandals. Adam has hazel eyes and sandy blonde hair and is missing a front tooth. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is the story of the disappearance of Adam Walsh. You may remember some of the details of the child abduction that happened right here in South Florida. How it scared the daylights out of parents everywhere. How it changed the way police handled kidnapping cases. How an innocent six-year-old child was snatched by a stranger and apparently decapitated by that same stranger, never to be reunited with his parents again. But there are things you may not recall, like lost evidence, a botched police investigation, the murder pinned on a dead man, or what some say was the work of a notorious serial killer. Almost 40 years after he vanished out of thin air, questions still remain about what really happened to little Adam Walsh. During a conversation with Geraldo Rivera in 2010 at the Paley Center for Media Studies in New York, John Walsh talks about the frustration over the lack of concern for missing child cases at the time. The huge frustration was that for years I believed I knew who killed Adam and that they had bungled the evidence and Otis Toole had died in prison on death row for many other crimes. It was one of the motivators. I kept saying, if I can't get justice for myself, and I mounted the biggest search in the history of Florida with lots of my wealthy and influential friends and I was lucky to have success early in life. You, and all you were a things. hotel developer. I was, we were building a 26 million dollar hotel on Paradise Island. I was a young guy. I had three partners. I, I went to private school. I, I, had the, I had all those great advantages. My father was a World War II hero, well known in our town. Very handsome guy. First guy to graduate in his family from Notre Dame. You know, Irish immigrants as my grandparents. But I had all, the, all, the, all those wonderful opportunities that most people don't get. And I kept saying to myself, if I can't get justice, if I can't get the cops to do the right thing, someday I'm going to solve Adam's case, but I got to be the voice for those voiceless. It's Sunday, July 26, 1981. John Walsh does what he does every night when he isn't traveling for his job. He tells his six-year-old son bedtime stories. But John isn't the type to read a story from a book. After all, at one time, he had ambitions to be a writer. John Walsh grew up in Auburn, New York. It's a sleepy little town of only about 8.4 square miles. The biggest nearby city is Syracuse, a 40-minute drive northwest via New York State Route 5. It winds past open fields, rows and rows of maple, beech, and birch trees, and it goes through little towns and hamlets. Auburn is also known for its history. It was a safe haven for black slave and abolitionist Harriet Tubman. It's also known for a notorious jail. Auburn Correctional Facility is the first place to ever do an execution by electrocution. They zap William Kemmler in 1890, who killed his girlfriend in cold blood with an ax. When it was time for college, John Walsh didn't go to nearby Syracuse University. Instead, he went two hours west to Buffalo, choosing that university and majoring in English because famous novelists taught there. 
but today the days of Buffalo are behind Walsh. He's working as a hotel developer in Florida, so he channels his creativity into stories to tell his son at bedtime. Stories about a courageous boy named Bobby and his sidekick, his dog Sparky. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Bobby and his dog The superhero Sparky. tales aren't scary or dangerous. They're about helping others, facing challenges, being courageous. Bobby and Sparky always do the right thing and things always turn out okay. Little did John know that only 24 hours later, when his wife and son would make an afternoon stop at a local mall, that his storybook life would turn upside down. And the days, months, and years that would follow would be something that John and Rave Walsh could never imagine. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is the story of the disappearance of Adam Walsh. We just appreciate Anything. Anything that anyone could uh, give us any information on him. Carrie Weston was working on the assignment desk for WPLG Local 10 when the story broke. At the Sears? In Hollywood? Who would prey on a child at a Sears in Hollywood? And I remember the car being parked there. Uh, she left it there. They left it there for a long time uh, in case he were to come back. Did he run away? When John and his wife, Reve's son, Adam, was four months old, he'd make this kind of crowing sound. Adam was named after John's father, Adam John Walsh. Pop had nicknames for everyone. He nicknames the boy Rooster McCooster. Then somewhere along the line, it gets shortened to Cooter. Cooter's still asleep when John Walsh wakes up at 7 a.m., reads his newspaper, then leaves for work at nine. He has no idea that by afternoon, the course of his life will change forever. His life as a father, and eventually it will change his career too. Walsh is working as a hotel developer out of an office in Bell Harbor on the Intercoastal Waterway. He's working for a group of investors on a $26 million project in Paradise Island in the Bahamas. 8 a.m., Adam's mother, Reve, wakes up. 8.30 a.m., Adam gets up, sits in front of the TV where Sesame Street is playing. His mom gives him an orange popsicle. It's 9 o'clock, maybe 9.30. Family friend and Adam's godfather, James Campbell, comes to the Walshes to have breakfast with Reve. He's only recently moved out after living with the Walshes in their spare room. He and John met at the Diplomat Hotel when Jimmy was working as a lifeguard. Years later, when the Walshes have space in their three-bedroom home at 2801 McKinley Street, in the north central neighborhood of Hollywood, Florida, James moves in. But John wants him to make him a promise. In exchange for the living arrangement, he'd get a college education. So James enrolls in community college, but he quickly drops out. John kicks him out, but the couple remain friends. After breakfast, James leaves. It's about 10 a.m. By 11 a.m., Reve has packed Adam in the car. It's a painted gray checkered cab. They leave the house. Reve has to drop off a check for Adam's tuition at St. Mark's Lutheran School at 502 North 28th Avenue in Hollywood. It's about 1.1 miles away from the house. Yeah, about a four-minute drive. Then it's off to the Hollywood Mall, just five minutes away. That's about one and a half miles down Hollywood Boulevard. This is a frequent outing for her and Adam during his summer vacation. 
Reve arrives at the Hollywood Mall at approximately 12.30 p.m. on that fateful Monday afternoon in July. She finds a parking space on the north side near the Sears receiving dock. So this is the receiving dock there. That's the entrance to go into the catalog department and, the, and uh, pick up. Hollywood resident Willis Morgan is at the mall that day. He stopped in at the Radio Shack, just down the hall from the Sears. We'll hear from Willis in a later episode of The Florida Files about what he thinks happened the day Adam disappeared. So she arrives at the Hollywood Mall here, and you said the parking spots are different, and she has yeah. that gray checker cab. Yeah, right, which, which is parked right here. Which they left for, for days. Yes, with a yes, in it. right, exactly. And um, and then she would have walked, which way do you, so she... Into this door right there, see that door right there? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different configuration. This was all part of Sears, this, and, and all this was torn down, and they built these stores that, you know, these weren't even here. But we're just giving you a general idea. She went into this, which would have been into the Sears store. She holds her son Adam's hand as they walk in the north door, like she always does. They pass the catalog desk on the left. That puts them right in the middle of the toy department. There are a bunch of boys huddled around a brand new Atari game. Adam begs his mom so he can stay with the other kids to play. I'm gonna be right over there, in the lamp department, Adam, she says. The last thing Reve Walsh would ever hear Adam say was, okay, mommy, I know where that is. Up next on the Florida Files, two weeks of hell. Get more of the story through archive videos and online extras on the Florida Files page at local10.com.